this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's, but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. Last week, the number of weekly reported deaths from COVID-19 was the lowest since March, 2020. We have never been in a better position to end the pandemic. We're not there yet. But the end is in sight. We can see the finish line. We are in a winning position. But now is the worst time to stop running. Now is the time to run harder and make sure we cross the line and reap the rewards of all our hard work. More work to do on COVID, and that's right. And that's what Dr. Fauci and others have expressed as well. Uh, you know, we're losing about 400 people a day on average for this virus. We need to get that number lower. We have people who are struggling with long COVID. We need to understand more about long COVID and how to prevent it. And we also, thankfully, have a new updated vaccine uh, that's available that can extend people's protection, strengthen their protection against the worst outcomes of COVID. We need people to take that vaccine. So there is more work to do, no doubt. But we are in a much better place uh, than we were at the beginning of this pandemic. One thing I am worried about, Willie, in order to sustain this progress and to continue to advance, in order to develop the next generation of vaccines, especially mucosal vaccines that will help to block transmission even more effectively, we need to sustain our investment uh, in COVID. So what we can do is, is look at this like an on and off switch, like COVID has disappeared. You know, we've made tremendous progress, but we still have work to do that. It's going to require ongoing investment from Congress, ongoing investment in our country so that we can continue to make sure everybody in our country has the protection that they need from COVID-19. Okay, welcome. It's Tuesday, 20 September in the year of our Lord 2022. I want to start with Ed Dowd. And Ed, I got some capital markets uh, issues I want to deal with you because you're one of the smartest guys around. And the Fed meets tomorrow, but I'm going to hold that off, particularly news coming out of Germany. Because the cold open, I want to thank um, the Lindell TV and Frank Speech guys, of course, my own team here at the War Room for putting this together. Ed, and because you're a Wall Street guy that got into this interestingly because of the math didn't add up to you. And now you're going to talk to us about not just your book that's going to come out, I guess, in a month or so, but also your analysis that every day you're pounding people. Here, you got to help me out here, brother, because I'm confused. Uh, Biden said on six minutes, pandemic's over. We got a little problem, but pandemic's over. They come out immediately and said the pandemic's not over. Fauci's not over. Yeah, the Surgeon General right there said 400 deaths. We're down to 400 deaths per day. Is And I, I know you've got some issues there. And then, then he makes a pitch. A hardcore pitch like he's a, a a guy from Big Pharma making a hard pitch. We need more investment in this. 
Can you tell our audience, because you come at this very dispassionately, this was not your line of country. You're a you're a detailed guy that is a quant that looks at, you know, things related to capital markets and companies to actually make bets for a living. You came at this because you said the math doesn't make any sense here. Something's wrong. But just what they're putting out. And remember, the emergency order is still out there. And Biden said it's off. And that's why I got so many people freaking out on the show every day is the numbers, the polling numbers look so great for us to throw these bums out. They're afraid of some, you know, some event occurring because we still have an emergency order out. With that, Ed Dowd, I'm going to turn it over to you. Give us some give us your 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 kind of brilliant logic. You always walk things through here. What is going on, brother? Well, before I get into the, the new data that we've discovered, I'll, I'll talk about what you just mentioned. The bottom line is this. If the pandemic's over, why are excess death rates running around 20% in the U.S. and in Europe? Uh, it's just curious to me that they're waving the all-clear signal, but we're seeing compounded annualized death rates continue to rise. So as you remember, back during the COVID 2020 time, it was every day the number of deaths, number of cases. Well, now we're not talking about the number of deaths. And the deaths are high and the disability is getting higher. This is a national tragedy. My thesis is it's the vaccine. And it's uh, they're going to try to blame long COVID on this, which, curiously enough, there's no clinical definition of what long COVID is yet. They're hesitant to do that, I suspect, because it'll be very similar to vaccine injuries. So when they say... 400 deaths a year defined by COVID. You're actually saying that you don't believe that's actually from the CCP slash COVID-19, whatever came out of the Wuhan lab. Your theory of the case, and you say you can back that up analytically, that you think this has to be caused by the vaccine. How, how do you derive that when you look at the math, sir? Well, let, let's, uh, let's talk about what I recently dis- uh, discovered, which I, I'm going to contend is a mic drop. Um, you know, I've showed that uh, there was excess mortality when I first came on your show in millennials using the CDC data. Then that was confirmed by the uh, Society of Actuaries. Well, they just put out a new report uh, last Monday, a week ago, uh, that talks about um, uh, the fact that the group, a group life insured population, which historically has been healthier, and if you put up chart one, this is from a report the Society of Actuaries put out in 2016, looking at the years 2010 to 2013. And over on the right, insured, it's a ratio, insured versus uh, the uh, population. And you can see that the mortality rates that, that this group, this working age insured group life individuals experience is 30 to 40 percent less than the, the, than the mortality rate of the general U.S. population. Why is that? They're healthier, they're working, uh, they tend to have higher earnings. This is just, just the group life uh, folks. Well, in the first nine months of 20, uh, uh, 2020, um, COVID you know, affected everybody, but that, that uh, group experienced lower uh, mortality than the general population. In 2021, that flipped. You put up uh, the next uh, chart, the uh, infamous table 5.7 that I came on your show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my, um, my whistleblower actually in, uh, calculated the rate for 25 through 64 uh, for 2021, and that's, it's a 40% excess mortality. Uh, that was also confirmed by the One America CEO in January. 40% excess mortality in the 25 to 64. 
Guess what the general population's mortality was? And this is a this and this is a, a less healthy group, 31.7. So why is a group that traditionally experiences lower mortality than the general population? Why did that ratio suddenly flip? Well, you know, deductive reasoning leads me to believe it's basically the vaccines uh, in injuries and deaths, basically. I mean, there's no other explanation as far as I can tell. Um, and and that that to me is a devastating mic drop right there. So let me just say that again. Younger, healthier, working age people are dying faster than the general, less healthier U.S. population. And the math proves it out. OK, hold it. I want to go back and hit rewind on that just for one second and start the first chart because this is this is important. Go back to the first chart and I want to walk and particularly for our podcast and radio audience who can't see the chart. Our TV audience can. I want you to explain it. Because this is, um, if true, this is a mic drop. So I'm going to take your time and, and go ahead and do it again. Bottom line, this is a study from 2016 looking at the years 2010 through 2013 by the Society of Actuaries looking at group life population. It's a subset of the U.S. population. Their mortality rates versus the general U.S. population in any given year are 30 to 40% of that of the general US population, meaning they are healthier population. And why did they do this study? This is so they can price it appropriately and you know make money. And uh, that's why it's such a good business because people who are working in good jobs tend not to die as fast as the general population. So this is a great business for the insurance industry until recently. So that's number one. And this is, this, this is, a, uh, this is a report from 2016. Then last week, it came out that, uh, and they wrote about this. They actually, there's paragraphs in the report that I put out on Getter where they talk about the fact that in the first nine months uh, of COVID, in, in the first nine months going into the end of 2020, the their group life people, their policyholders experienced lower mortality, excess mortality rate in the general U.S. population. That suddenly flipped in 2021, and 40% excess mortality. For the for this group, this healthier group, the subset of the U.S. population, uh, versus 31.7 for the whole country. So that's an eight-point differential for a group that traditionally experiences much lower mortality. This is a mic drop. I don't care what anybody says. But okay, but how? Just walk me through or connect that. Why would that? mean they didn't get COVID and die from that? Why do you say it's the vaccine? I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something. I, I, let's say, assume I buy in to the math so far. There's something wrong with that group, and that's the group you would expect to be the healthiest because history shows that mathematically. Why do you say that that's not from the COVID-19 but from the vaccine? Is because that we've proven now basically mathematically that the COVID-19 affects only really the uh, the elderly? Well, in, the, in 2020, it was determined that COVID mostly affects the elderly and that, you know, that your chance of survival was 99.8%. Then mysteriously in 2021, uh, this group, which was forced to take the vaccine, and most group life policyholders work yep. for larger companies. Most work for larger companies. This is not, you know, for the small business because they don't have a group life policy. So they had no choice. And what was the difference between them and the general population that may have been retired or unemployed? Uh, they had choice. 
That's that's the difference. Most of this population was forced to keep their job. Here's what I think is also saying. You're saying that this was the one that somehow that mathematical rise, which is pretty astronomical. I mean, not pretty. It is astronomical. There has to be something across those the boundaries, and it can't be anything else like bad weather or car accidents or because it happened to the whole population. It had to be something the whole population had. The only thing that could be could be, and there's never been anybody coming out ever saying that that younger part of the population had any type of higher mortality risk. It was always the older population. They just wanted to get it to be sure, correct? But the forced vaccinations is is what is what uh, is 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 the culprit here, right? You're just saying that's got to be because it was across geographically and uh, and everywhere throughout the country in that demographic that the only thing they did in that, in that, in that period that of time was the vaccines. Yeah, I mean, there's no other conclusion I can come to uh, because it happened in 2021, all right? And, you know, a virologist, you can get Dr. Harvey Reich on here, and he'll tell you that uh, it didn't mutate from a respiratory illness that kills mostly old people in 2020 to a, you know, pu pulmonary uh, heart issue all of a sudden in 2021 that only affected younger age cohorts, especially those who are employed, mind you. And when I go through the disability data, You'll see that again, that for some reason, employed people seem to be getting more disabled than uh, the rest of the general U.S. population. I mean, we, we, we have this in different data. Hold, 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 hold it. Do, do, do we have a chart? Do we have a chart? Hold it. Do I have a chart that shows that? Because then that would be the Oh, I have five charts. I have five charts. I have five charts that are going to Keep, keep walking. We got, we got plenty of time, and this is so huge that because it's going to set the table for everything else we do. Keep going All through right, your charts. Let's do chart one. I came on your show a couple uh, weeks ago. This is the disability data, raw data, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's a it's the real time employment survey. It's not tied to disability claims. There's no lag. It's real time, self reported, statistically imputed. And you and I talked about the fact that it was running around 29, 30 million, and it's risen to 33 million, or about a 10 percent absolute increase. And you can see that it started in 2021. And that's just eyeballing it. Now let's go to the next chart that my PhD uh, partners in my hedge fund in Portugal uh, came up with. This is the civilian labor force. These are people that are available to work or and or are working. That's about 161 million people. This is the rate of change analysis, the year over year rate of change. You can see it doesn't really change that much. And then suddenly in uh, starting around May of 21, uh, we see a three standard deviation rate of change, a year over year rate of change. Okay, so th this is Wall Street talk, but that's a signal. And you know, a three standard deviation event happens about uh, that. That means that um, things were going on beyond the average that usually only occurred 0.003% of the time or 0.03% of the time. It's, it's, it's just like when three standard deviation events happen on Wall Street, that's a signal. If this was a stock, I'd be, I'd be doing work on the stock to see what's going on here, to see if this trend would continue. So this is a trend change. All right, let's go to the next chart. This is the population, the total U.S. population broken down by men and women. And you can see the disability rate for men and women rose in 2021. And it rose from about a long-term average of 7.5% to 8%. This is the total U.S. population. So that that increase in the disability rate is 6.6%, from 75 to 8 is 6.6%. Let's go on to the next chart. And we break it down 
into employed. Now, I want to walk everyone through the population set. So I just showed you the total U.S. population. Employed is a subset of the civilian labor force, which is 161 million. The employed are the people who are willing to work uh, and working. That's about 100 million. You can see the black line down on the bottom uh, is ages 16 through 64, which would be people who are, uh, you know, working that aren't, you know, retired. Uh, and you can see that, um, that there was a sudden stark rise in that rate. And the, it rose from about um, 3.1% to, let me see here, 3.8% uh, or a 22.6% rate of change uh, versus the 6.6% rate of change in the U.S. population. So curiously enough, employed people are getting disabled at a faster rate than the general U.S. population. And that's about 100 million people. Um, let's go on to the next chart. And this is even more stark. Uh, you can see it eyeballing it. This is men and women. It's broken down by men and women. Uh, and you can see the rapid rate of uh, change in the disability rate. For women, it went from 3.1 to 4.1%, which is a 30% increase in the rate of disability. And in men, it went from 3.1 to 3.7%, or a 19% increase in the rate of disability. So. The disability data shows that while overall it was only a 6.6% increase in the employed population, it went off it went off the charts and it was a major second derivative rate of change increase for this group. So we have disability data, we have group life data, which is a subset, healthier population, and employed people tend to be help, healthier than the overall population. So why are healthy people experiencing higher death rates and disability rates than those who have choice and are not working in general. This is, this, is, this is big metadata. So there's a signal here, huge signal. It's a mic drop. Uh, and, and by, and the, way, by so the way, I've Steve, got Naomi who, yep. Yep, go ahead, way, sir. This is, all, I'm, I, this is all going in my book. I'm like, this is, I, I, this is right from my book. And I wanted to what, get it the out. The book is it's gonna be published. Yeah, the uh, November eighth. The, bub the I book is get this out because it can't. We can't wait for a book. Yeah, no, but so I want to go into this is what I don't understand. Um, why are the people that are research? You came out of Wall Street and hedge funds and, and portfolio managers. Why, if you're a portfolio manager of insurance companies or even these, because I think the whole thing about them not having liability is going to get washed away here. Why are the research guys, why is it Ed Dowd and, and your partners, your PhD partners in, in Portugal, why are you doing all this cutting edge analysis? Why would the, because this is going to have big movements in equity markets, this obviously is going to have huge political implications and, and liability. Why are the insurance companies and the reinsurers, why are they not all over this? Or is it behind the scenes or why, why is it not exploding and why is this not on page one? of the New York Times and the cover of the New York Times Magazine, sir? Well, I have a, uh, a chief actuary whistleblower who is behind the scenes. It's cognitive dissonance. She's telling uh, her people what's going on. They don't care because they think everything's fine. The FDA, why wouldn't we be hearing this on CNN? And, you know, this, this, is, this, is, the, this is the biggest scandal ever because people just aren't aware and they think, no way could this possibly be happening. 
They just can't imagine it. Although there are lots of people in the insurance industry waking up, but they're scared. They're they're few in number and they see it, but they, they're just not coming out in force. We need a CEO of a major insurance company to say, I think it's the vaccine. And that would make national news. Well, even if he said it wasn't the vaccine, if he came out and said, hey, I don't think the numbers are lining up here that it's not COVID, it's not CCP COVID-19, it, wouldn't that be a start? I mean, it's clearly got be to be start. something else because everything they've told us. That would be a start. And I know for a fact the insurance industry in their Q2 conference calls think that all these um, excess death rates and disability rates are going to trend towards normal. That, those are their projections. They have this going down every uh, for the next couple of years back towards normal. They're wrong. And I also am hearing chatter from some people that Q3 isn't looking so hot for insurance companies in terms of uh, returning to normal. And you're saying because the vax has already been taken and no matter even if the vax wears off for the for, you know, what, what we know is the efficacy against the COVID-19, you're saying because the vax is in you, it's going to lead to increase. It's going to continue to lead to uh, increased mortalities, sir. The problem is the vaccination program continues to this day, and there are still people who continue to buy the party line and continue to get boosters. My hope is that this is dose dependent and that the more you get jabbed, the, the, the like, more likely you are to get injured and or die. Uh, what I don't want to contemplate is the fact that this is a ticking time bomb inside everybody. That I don't want to, I don't want to go there. But right now, the, the excess deaths are running around 20%. They continue but, to stay in the but, U.S. But and you, Europe. But you, but you, you may not want to go there, but I just walked through 20 minutes of analysis that gets, I mean, how can anybody that knows anything about math come to any, how can a logical, rational person come to any other conclusion but that, sir? Well, they likely can't, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that there's a way to um, uh, reverse uh, the damage done. And there are protocols coming right now being worked on. They include uh, supplements, fasting, um, all sorts of different things to, to eliminate the spike protein. There are ways of eliminating the spike protein. And fasting seems to be one of the, the big ones that they're talking about. Okay. Hey, Ed, can you just hang on for one second? I just want to bring Naomi in. For a second, sure. uh, Naomi, you've heard Ed's material. We're, we have you on here in the second half of the show to go through all your research. But you've been kind of the I call you the Cassandra on this that warned people about this early on. When you see this set of mathematics, I mean, we're almost like in a Kafkaesque, you know, novel. Uh, why is no one? You know, we just had the cold open where they're sitting there <laughs> and the Surgeon General is pitching get the booster and not just that we need billions of dollars of more money to continue the pharmaceutical to fund the pharmaceutical company for additional vaccines along this line of work ma'am what is it are, are we crazy or are they crazy naomi wolf okay well i mean we're definitely living in a different cognitive dimension than the dominant narrative but i i really want to credit ed um, he, he has not just come out with this data last week. He's been presenting objective numbers for months and months and months. And his objective numbers also predicted that we would come to this day. There was no, there, 
it, there's nothing surprising about this day because he said months ago, there's a signal and anyone who understands math in any basic way or statistics understands that signals don't come out of nowhere. They're not, otherwise they're not a signal, right? A signal means something is happening that's anomalous. And so it's utterly predictable that months later, um, you know, if some people started to die in a certain age group or be disabled, you're going to see down the road, you know, multiples of people dying or being disabled, um, unless something has changed in the environment to take that signal away. And there's no indication that that's the case. So he's in reality land. It's where we all used to live. Um, and I'm in reality land. And what I do want to say is that, and you are, and your audience is, but what I do want to say is that, uh, to Ed, is that um, I actually have some data uh, to confirm what he's finding because he found a, a, a notable difference between women and men in terms of disability. I believe he said 19, 19% uh, for men and 30% rise for women. Um, yep. In yep. our data sets via Dr. Robert Chandler, he found in the Pfizer documents that uh, there was a nearly 72% um, over male, in other words, that women had 72% of the adverse events um, compared to men, grossly uh, more than men, and that reproductive disorders specifically are 16% um, versus 0.49%. So we also are independently finding that women are hurt more seriously, more severely, and more frequently uh, than men are. Um, and so these are two totally different data sets that are saying the same thing, confirming independently the same signal. And we can talk more about why that might be, but I guess the reason I think it's so yeah. important yeah. is he's not misinterpreting, he's not making it up. I'm not, you know, Dr. Chandler isn't misinterpreting, Dr. Chandler isn't making it up. And independently, you're seeing the same reality from completely different data sets, which in journalism we used to call a fact or a confirmed piece of evidence. <laughs> Ed, hang on. Ed, if you don't mind, I'm going to hold you through the second part of the show. Naomi's going to join us. Let's take a short commercial break uh, because this is of all the history of the war room. This is one of the most important shows I think we've ever done because we're getting down to a set of math that um, should concern people. And one of my concerns right now is, you know, you got Biden, these guys, some guys saying the pandemic's over and others are saying uh, that the emergency order should not be lifted. I want to get into all that. Uh, we've got Ed Dowd. Uh, a former uh, hedge fund manager, and we've got Dr. Naomi Wolf, who's been all over this from Daily Clash. Short commercial break. War Room Battleground will continue in just a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. 
Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back. Uh, it is uh, Tuesday, 20 September in the year of our Lord, 2022. And we're, what, 49 days away from the most important midterm election. In this history of the country, at least until the first years of the Civil War, 1862, which, remember, took place right after the Battle of Antietam, the bloodiest day in American history, 17 September in the year of our Lord, 1862. I have Ed Dowd and Naomi Wolf. Naomi, look. One of the reasons I'm so glad you guys are able to carve out time today and head you on because uh, I call you Cassandra in a, in a degree, but you've been warning us about these emergency orders in the dictatorial power of the emergency orders since the spring of early spring of 2021. When you first started coming. I think it was February, March. And, and Naomi, uh, Charlie Kirk today came on the show and then he had his entire show was dedicated to what's ha- why is the emergency order? What could happen between now and November 8th? And you've been early on in this cycle saying, hey. I'm not feeling it. I'm not so sure we're going to have an election. Now, the numbers are all shifting heavily as we went through in the morning show. It looks like the red tsunami is starting to actually build in, in Georgia and in Wisconsin, uh, starting in Arizona, maybe get there in Pennsylvania, and, of course, other other battleground districts. I have a question. He said on 60 Minutes, Joe Biden said on 60 Minutes, the pandemic's over. Categorically, pandemic's over, right? You got a little problem. Uh, in Fauci and the surgeon are trying to cover it. But why, Naomi Wolf, is the emergency order, and I don't know why the Republican Party is not staying up and shouting this. Why is this emergency order still out there, ma'am? I mean, I, I just have to 
like note that I've been saying since probably spring of 2021, that at this point in the calendar, we would be under emergency law. Um, and I, it's so predictable, again, just knowing the history of tyrannical overthrows of democracies, you don't go into midterms without being under emergency law. Because, you know, as I've said a million times, if you have emergency law, it means anything can be done to the midterms in the name of the emergency. It suspends the normal rule of law. Um, and so, you know, there's no way we wouldn't be under emergency law right now, according to my analysis and according to the projections of history. So what they're doing is, and this relates, believe it or not, to what Ed Dowd presented, is that they're, they're saying it's over so that you vote for them, right? There's no way they wouldn't say it's over right before the midterms. I think I predicted that at some point as well. That's that's so easy. That's like political consulting 101. Declare the emergency is over right before the midterms. Um, so people are like, oh, well, they took care of that. There, you no, know, COVID is gone. The president said so. I guess I'll vote for him. Um, why change horses in midstream? And then they have the emergency law, which people aren't paying attention to, don't know enough about. New York Times is not covering it. Um, you know, this is the 11th extension of emergency law. And so it, what it means is people will be swayed to vote for Biden, those who are inclined to vote for him because he made COVID go away. Uh, but at the same time, they've got emergency law in place so they can do whatever they want on election day. They can say, there's, well, you know, I've played out these scenarios so many times, I feel like a broken record, but it's all coming true exactly the way I told everyone it would. Um, you know, there's a, a, a climate crisis, you can't leave your home to vote. Everything has to be mail-in ballots. We had threats um, from crazy mega people uh, at all the voting booths, you know, all the voting centers in the country. You have to stay home, you have to mail in your ballot or you can't vote at all. And it's emergency law. So what are you gonna do? Or um, deploying, deploying troops because there's a state of emergency or rioters. I mean, you could play so many scenarios that are just part of the toolkit of tyranny from history. It, you know, it's like 10 different things you can do to justify an emergency. But the bottom line is there's a very, very, very real danger that we're going to wake up the day after election day without a normal election, without being able to check the vote, without being able to count the ballot, or, and this is the drumbeat I'm hearing, um, those, any American who says, I want to count or I want to recount or files, um, you know, to, to have a recount, which is a normal part of democracy, right? I was there in 2000 when we did that, both sides did that, um, they will be called domestic terrorists. Let's go through. We just had, and by the way, you've said this from day one and everything you've kind of said has come true. You've also said, which backs up Ed's, that there's something seriously wrong. There's something, there's some serious questions about this vaccine from the data that you were able to get from federal court freeing it up when it was supposed to be, you know, behind closed doors or sealed up for 75 years. Walk us through your latest analysis and how it ties into the very disturbing set of mathematics that Ed Dow just walked through. I will, but first I just want to do a bridge from what Ed presented to what I'm about to say because it's completely related sure. to the, um, the, the extension of emergency law. So notice who's disabled, right? I mean, it's so striking. Ed, it's not Ed's job to do political analysis, but he could have with his data, right? 
Um, so I'll chime in and say what Ed is saying is so important because I always say as a former political consultant, read history backwards, read events backwards, look at who benefits from a situation instead of uh, buying into the story that you're being told about the situation. Because that's how it works, as you know, Mr. Bannon, behind closed doors. First, they choose the goal, all of them, left or right, and then they choose the narrative. So look at what Ed has shown us. If we were under attack by a foreign adversary, it would be the working population that would be disabled, right? It, it wouldn't be very old people, they don't matter. It wouldn't be children, they don't matter yet. It would be the people who keep the, the gears turning in the economy and who can simply protect the country from whatever nefarious plans um, may be ahead or, or, or really just keep, keep America going, right? But you create disability. And by the way, those numbers are bad, like a 30% rise in disability. That's for women, that's extraordinarily significant. Um, so, so America is already being, uh, given a body blow, you know, by whatever is in, and I agree with Ed from having seen the Pfizer documents in the vaccine that's disabling people. And the Pfizer documents have thousands of ways to disable people via these injections. I, you know, I've named them. I can go through that again, but it is no surprise from seeing the Pfizer documents that there's a 30% rise in disability among women and a 19% rise in disability among men. And it's no surprise, given my thesis that this is a bioweapon, that it is um, hitting the working population most. Who else got mandated? I've said this so many times, the military, firefighters, our healthcare workers. Um, none of us are in a position to respond if God forbid there's a uh, an external emergency, right? Our, our, our military can't respond. And in fact, I believe 50 uh, members of Congress have written a letter to that effect. Um, our healthcare workers can't respond. I mean, those people with disabilities include doctors, nurses, firefighters, um, you know, and our military members. I mean, 30% rise in women in the military being disabled, you know, 19% rise in disabilities among men in the military. That's catastrophic for our readiness. So all of this fits together. Um, what our latest is, and you know that I found that the injections, at least on the Pfizer side, are being made in a memorandum of understanding with the CCP, um, and that they, are, they have opened manufacturing plants. Boson Pharma USA is manufacturing the BioNTech vaccine in Princeton, New Jersey, and in Boston, Massachusetts, in 2021, and in 20 since 2021, and in 2021. There was a, and Ed will, you know, understand what this means. It's so huge. I'm glad to have a chance to talk to him about it directly on your show. But, you know, the SEC filing for BioNTech in 2021 showed as 100% completed a tech transfer, which could mean IP to China, right? Not to a Chinese individual, not to a Chinese company, to, the, to China. So that means this injection is via China now, all right? And now it is showing us that our working people are being disabled. If you want, to, reading backwards, you want to take out an economy, you want to weaken an adversary, this is the perfect crime. And I think he's demonstrated that it took place, that it's taking place. Um, and so in terms of the Pfizer update, it's um, aligned uh, with what Ed has shown us. Uh, my latest Substack. stack, um, put together 
all of the reports that have been coming out in the last two months from our War Room Daily Clout heroic uh, research volunteers who are going through those Pfizer documents. And what I've put together in one place in the substack called uh, Ruining Women, it, it's got a longer title that you can go to, uh, Murdering Babies. Um, it's a list of the summaries of the reports that show literally 360 degree attacks on Pfizer documents on reproduction, on human reproduction. And, you know, we've talked about aspects of this again and again on this okay. show. This just puts it all in okay. place. But hang, hang, hang on one second. Hang on one second. You two, and I've got to individually know you, you over the last year and a half or so, Naomi and, and Ed over the last year, are two of the more you know, rational, smart. This is the, you know, uh, the people that when you fly around the world and you work on big financings or, or complicated situations like I did at Goldman Sachs in my own firm. Uh, and then in politics, you're the kind of people in the conference room, the, the Ed Dowds are in the conference room, the Naomi Wilson in the conference room. But, but you're sitting here and this is what I think a lot of people, not just in the audience, but even myself sometimes when Naomi Wolf, headlines are a substack that lists all the analysis and reports that the Warren Posse volunteers of 3,500 with the lawyers under Amy Kelly have put together. And then Ed Dowd's got the huge, you know, uh, analysis, mathematical analysis with all the charts. And it's going to be in his new book, but he wants to get it out. And, and Naomi Wolf says the headline is ruining women, murdering babies. And Ed Dowd is telling me that um, it's the vaccine that's caused this tremendous jump in uh, that can't be explained by anything else among 19 percent among men and 30 percent among women. You, you, and Ed Dow says it's going to be the biggest investigation in history, and the biggest scandal in history. And I think you've said that before on the on the show. It, people, are just, I mean, in what environment if people did this in the apparatus, in the FDA, in big pharma, there are a ton of of uh, they all can't be evil. So how did the, how did we how did we get to this point? I start with Naomi, and then we're to get Ed. How did we get to this point? If what you guys are saying is true, and that headline "Ruining Women, Murdering Babies," you know, has the subtlety of a brick in the face. So Naomi, let's start with you, and and then I want to go to Ed. Are you saying why why are all the gatekeepers who are Ed and my colleagues or former colleagues? going along with the worst. Yeah, thing I just ever. can't imagine. I just can't. Yes, I can't imagine you have the bar, the pharmaceutical companies and you have the FDA and you have the CDC and, and they have to be some good people in there. There has to be. How, how has this evolved to a situation that we have 30 reports coming out of documents they wanted sealed and you can now look at this and say, hey, this is ruining women and murdering babies because the 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 the, the, the data is there. And Ed can say the same thing that, hey, it's the vaccine and they essentially willing. They actually knew this. And you actually make the part that, hey, this is this is part of an attack of a bioweapon uh, by uh, probably our enemies of our country. The leap has to be that people on the other side willingly. And when I say other side, I mean, in big pharma, in the insurance companies, in, in the FDA and CDC, who have all come from the best schools in the nation and have right. been kind of good soldiers since they were six years old to do that. How, how did this happen that, that you actually feel that, that, that it, it, you could actually headline it ruining women, murdering babies. And that could say, Hey, this is going to be the biggest investigation and scandal in history because this was knowingly and willingly done, ma'am. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, two things, and I'm really interested to hear what Ed 
says about this as well, um, because th these are people, you know, good people, right? These are our, our friends and colleagues. We all went to college with them. We, you know, you're quite right. We jet around the world. At least we did until 2020 and hang out with these people. And they are literally in lockstep with a murderous global regime. Um, well, I mean, I guess first deniability is such a big thing, right? There's a reason that um, presidents are kept from knowing the details of horrible things that are being done in their name. Um, and, you know, will no one rid me of this meddlesome priest is the quote, you know, uh, Ed and I have, and other people on your show and other important dissidents like the dissident doctors have put together important pieces of a mosaic. And so people who are following the rare platforms like yours, where we're putting together that mosaic actually see what's happening. Whereas, um, people in hospitals or people in the white house or people in even the FDA, they only, they're allowed, and this is the genius of how these evildoers structured this great assault on humanity, um, they are only allowed to see a little tiny piece, their own little tile of the mosaic. So they can continue to claim to have no knowledge or to dismiss us as conspiracy theorists, crazy people, and so on. The second thing I would say is, look, look what's happened to all of us. I mean, I hope Ed in Hawaii is, you know, safe and well, but you know, I was made an example of globally. My reputation was turned upside down. Um, you know, my career was destroyed, but from the White House down, you know, from the White House down. So that's what happened. You know, you have your own things you're faced with. People are trying to stop you. Um, Peter Navarro has his own things, you know, that he's dealing with. Like the, the poor dissident doctors, you know, they have had, as Peter McCullough said, that the, the letters erased behind their name institutionally, they face lawfare. Um, you know, if, if I if I didn't live with my bodyguard, if I didn't marry my bodyguard, I don't know that I would keep telling the truth the way I have been. You know, and I think each of us is unusual and we probably have some kind of core of faith where we don't think this is the only thing that's going to happen to us in our journey in the universe. But, you know... Uh, they've done a very good job making it very, very costly to know, right? It's much less costly to just not know. And that was true in Nazi Germany. You know, I just, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see them bring my neighbor to a cattle car, right? Just don't know, don't look, avert your eyes, much less costly. And I guess the last thing I would say is that um, they're impressive. And this is, again, a, I think an example of the CCP being so orderly, um, but it's also the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, World Economic Forum. They created top-down structures in every single civil society institution in our country and around the world. And so, you know, the Politico article that you and I were going to talk about last week is very relevant. Um, it shows that the WHO and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, um, other nonprofits like uh, EcoHealth Alliance and the World Economic Forum stepped in uh, at the start of the pandemic over the heads of nation states and set these um, these systems in place almost that trickle all the way down. So they got all the hospitals, they bribed and threatened them, um, and they went all the way down to the you know public health uh, boards at the state and local level, all the way down in this very military style. Same thing with the DNC and state after state. You know, I would try to talk about these issues the Republican legislators would talk to me and the Democrats were like lockstep because the order had come down from the DNC and probably all the way from the White House. Um, you know, and so in civil, in the schools, right? 
the curricula, the pressure goes all the way down in the public schools. Take the vaccine, inject it. Um, you know, COVID narrative, don't question it. Uh, mask your child. So they really covered um, in a very militaristic way in the sense of chain of command. They created a, a, a series of silos of our whole civil society that pressured people, bribed people, and threatened people to keep quiet and go along with the program. That's my best answer. Wow. 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 Uh, Ed, Ed, you're, you're, uh, by the way, we've, we've got to take that political article and we're going to do a special on that with you and some others because it's so, it's so important. And it was their investigative report, you know, not Gateway Pundit or, uh, or Breitbart or, or somebody they were accused of partisanship. Uh, Ed, uh, we got a couple of minutes. Can you give, can you respond to my uh, question? Sure. How did this happen and why is it still happening? Uh, I call it the long march of the institutional imperative. What is that? That's a coined term by Warren Buffett and uh, Charlie Munger to describe uh, malfeasance in corporate America, where the senior management team acts in their own best interests uh, and uh, to the detriment of the shareholders. That happens also in civil institutions as well. And ground zero of this fraud for me and the original sin is the FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, or at least letting it go through the early use authorization when they failed the all-cause mortality endpoint. And before COVID, if you failed all-cause mortality endpoint, your product was not approved. That at least was one of the sacrosanct, you know, gold standards at the FDA. They ignored that and buried it, and that came out in a FOIA request sometime in October of 21. It was hidden from the public for months. How did we get here? Well, uh, the FDA started to experience uh, bottleneck pressures and budgetary pressures in the 80s. And it was uh, decided the wisdom of uh, Congress and, and the Reagan administration and the Bush administration to um, uh, use what's called user fees to supplement the budget. Well, those of us on Wall Street who have been studying the FDA and pharma for a while assumed it was 50% of the budget of the drug unit. New York Times four days ago came out with the headline that there's concerns about the 75% uh, of user fees for the drug unit budget of the FDA. So I, I was off. That's what we call upside surprise. So yeah. this institution is thoroughly owned by the pharma companies. And what you yeah. need to understand about it's, the institutional it's, it's regulatory, it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, regulatory capture. What you need to understand is this happens slowly oh, over time. I tell you what, I tell you, Ed, Ed, I got, Ed, I got to hold this because we got a hard out. Real quickly, how do people get to you? Because I got to get to Naomi. How do people get to you to read this? Uh, uh, on Getter at Edward Dowd um, and my uh, website, uh, They Lied, People Died. I'll be putting this up soon. And I got a book coming out, Cause Unknown, the uh, sudden, uh, the epidemic of sudden death in 21 and 22 coming out November 8th, Skyhorse Publishing. Okay, brother. And Naomi, how do people get to you? Daily Cloud? Daily Cloud, yeah. DailyCloud.io. The book is The Bodies of Others. And I'm Dr. Naomi R. Wolf on Getter. And also your subsite. We'll push it all out. Okay, we'll be back tomorrow morning live at 10 a.m. Very disturbing. See you then.